stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Did you fuck my mom? Did you fuck my mom? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Murphy enough for you? No. Eh, okay. I tried, <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 184 of the Unholy Mofos. I am Jake the Snake, joined as always by Brother Scott. Yeah, I'm here. And today, if you couldn't figure it out, well, you take a little trip to Beverly Hills with all the social distancing. We're breaking the rules, but we don't care. <laughs> Fuck the rules. Well, as we mentioned last time, going to Beverly Hills to visit a cop who comes from Detroit, actually, and a ninja. Yes, Beverly Hills cop and Beverly Hills ninja are the subjects of today. Yep. Should be fun first, times. First uh, Eddie Murphy movie, if you can believe that. Yeah, we uh, we really dropped the ball on that one. Uh. Possibly, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe Force Chris Farley movie, and if you want to count Billy Madison. Yeah, there's uh, there's not a whole lot of those to, to go around, so we got to pick and choose them carefully. <laughs> yep. Well, today we do have a little returning segment 
because we couldn't find anything else and i had to stretch a little bit it's uh it's kind of hard to do these shows now because there's like no news out there people aren't doing stupid shit we're the course is running dry with well i mean people are doing stupid shit but apparently you don't want to discuss all that kind of stuff anyway so we're not talking real potatoes Oh my god, dude, I'm freaking out. I am so stressed out. I feel like I'm having a panic attack. You wanna talk about stress? You wanna talk about stress? Okay? I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy back. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? Today, I've got some I discovered on Reddit on, well, the subreddit for my town, Des Moines. Apparently, there are some Des Moines conspiracy series out there, so I don't know. I guess I'll be able to confirm if most of these are true or not, or maybe I won't because, I don't know, Scott will be an outsider. I will do my best to give my thoughts on what I think is real and what is not. Okay, so this first one I want to talk about, well, you see, downtown Des Moines doesn't seem to be hit by, like, major weather it seems a lot it doesn't seem to be hit by tornadoes that yeah we do get blizzards and i remember we got major hailstorm but apparently there's a city out there that well one of the major buildings it's a there's a weather reflector and every time there's a huge storm coming somebody turns it on and bang it skips the metro completely <laughs> okay so basically I, I would have to ask like um you do you have you ever had a tornado downtown no Okay, so has you has has there ever been tornadoes that have gone past you? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I don't know. It, it's well, of course it could be because other factors like have rivers around it, and uh, no, there could be you know just some natural factors into that. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of hard, especially you know while they're watching you know storm chasers. I mean, in the show they've definitely mentioned you know tornadoes go over going over water and stuff, and it you know I've seen it go through like different towns and things like that. So I, I don't really know. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It, you never hear about tornadoes hitting like major cities. I mean, if they do, it's very rare. Yeah, usually it's like small towns. It's interesting. Well, here's another one. Apparently, if you see a manhole cover with WorldCom logo on it, late at night, you'll see light shining through the holes and hear music playing. Because apparently there's a kink bar under those. Oh, what? You're going to have to do some investigating for us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I am. Like, how late at night are we talking now? More research must be done. Yeah, speaking of, apparently I've been reading something about tunnels that lead to, like, you know, most of the major uh, locations in downtown. Again, I might have to do some investigating, and I guess there's something about Turkish baths, too. My, my big thing is, why would you want to have it, like, underground in a fucking tunnel system? I don't know, I guess, uh, to be very, very discreet. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I don't I don't see that as being a real thing. And uh let's see. Uh, some haunted buildings, uh, uh, uh Ah quit jumping around. Uh, I guess that's really all the important the ones I really wanted to talk about. Yeah, like I said, I had to really stretch it. I mean there's a bunch that are just kinda of stupid and there's some about you know, some buildings being haunted. Maybe this one building well, I know we just had our recent Christmas party in that one recently. But yeah, I didn't experience anything. Nothing no no creepy uh, no creepy vibes or anything. No, not really. Just a lot of drunk people. <laughs> 
Okay, then. Yeah, probably not one of our best ones, but it's uh, something we have. Yeah, it's it's filler. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. We got some more stuff that's been delayed at least a full year. John Wick 4 has been delayed a full year now, like not coming out till 2022 now. So really stupid. I see some movies are still slated to come out in July. I hear Christopher Nolan's really, really pressing for his new movie to be released this summer, but I guess we'll have to see. I mean, some movie theaters are slated to open in July and in some ways, I kind of hope because, goddamn, I miss going to the movies. But, yeah, well, we we will have to see. Did you hear about uh, movie theaters are now going to stop showing anything universal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not all, all movie theaters, like mostly AMC and Regal. Yeah, that's going to kind of suck considering the one I go to is uh, Regal, Tinseltown. And, of course, one thing I didn't even think about till I saw some brought it up is like oh shit the new Halloween movie coming out is going to be universal yep well I don't know <laughs> maybe they will maybe they won't I mean we'll have to see if they're really like gonna do the efforts just talk because man they would be losing a shit ton of money if that yeah happened. I was I was just gonna say that like you you stop bringing in like a specific set of movies you're you're losing all that money that you could have brought in And it's just like, you know, what's the point? At this point, you're just screwing yourself. Yep. I don't know. It's just, it was weird. Well, as far as stuff that's not um, movies being delayed related, uh, I guess there's a Hulk Hogan movie being written, and uh, Chris Hemsworth is slated to be Hulk himself. (laughs) Wow, that's really sad. I don't know, maybe he could pull off, I don't know. I think it's just sad that Hulk Hogan still thinks that he's relevant. Yeah. I know if Sean was here, he'd fucking bash into me for saying that, but you know what? I don't care. I never really liked him. Hey, it's, it's fun to impersonate him. Brother! Brother! Let me tell you something, brother! Yeah, man, you gotta admit, man, his theme music was pretty dope, too. I am a real American. That better be on the soundtrack to this movie. I tell you what. It just reminds me. Every time I hear that, it reminds me of American Dad, and it's always sunny. <laughs> <laughs> the trash man did i get you kirk <laughs> well this one excites me scary stories to tell in the dark too yeah i heard about that i figured you would uh be a little giddy after hearing about that oh yeah pretty much saw it happening because like it did pretty well box office wise so i guess sequel's gonna be announced sometime it was only uh pg-13 right yeah i remember the opening weekend i was kind of worried a bit just because it's opening up against the dora the explorer movie and then when i went <laughs> when i went to go about that when i went to go see it uh you know it was just a very small crowd i mean you know granted i always go to like very early showings hey yo know, dora the explorer is a kid's movie you know those uh tend to do just a little well you know just because kids want to go see these movies a lot but then i think it ended up beating dora the explorer so hey that all works out yeah they gotta stop trying to adapt these like old-time kids shows and stuff that people i don't even think many kids know about dora anymore I, I mean, that still. show was on when I was... I don't think it's still on. Man, and again, man. I don't I don't really watch cartoons anymore, so it's it's not like I would know. 
Yeah, yeah. Girlfriend knows people who've got kids, and I don't think they talk about Dora. Of course, they're all into SpongeBob and all that. Yeah, fucking SpongeBob's still on. I can't believe yeah. that shit. How long has it been? 20, 20 something years? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that premiered when I was in middle school. Wasn't it supposed to, like, end? I I don't know, honestly. I could have sworn that, like, the, the show was supposed to end, like, multiple times. But yet people still freaking talk about it, like, no tomorrow. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing they say a lot about long-running shows, so... Anyway, final piece I got right here is Venom 2 has a title. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. You know what? I, li- <laughs> I like that. Some people don't like it, but it's like, you know... This is a comic book movie, and that is kind of a comic book title right there. Oh, hey, I think it fit. Yeah, it sounds like you, like a the title of like a uh, you know a specific issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like they all have like weird names and stuff to them, so it, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Yeah, and well, it's another one of those movies that's been delayed and not coming out until June. I mean, it's supposed to come out October, but I, I'm thinking it's only been delayed just because, like, well, you know, Morbius was supposed to come out and it has been delayed, so I'm thinking Morbius is going to have something that leads into this movie, so that's probably the only reason they delayed it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I... I was willing to give it a chance a couple of weeks ago. I remember, I fucking messaged you. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna buy it, but I mean, I, I may have interest in checking it out just to see, you know, what all the hype is. Yeah, yeah. I'm just <laughs> disappointed it's not coming out. It was the like the first one supposed to come out my birthday weekend. Uh, well, I should say at this point, I hope I I'll be able to do something my birthday weekend at this point. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, you're, you're lucky your birthday was before all this shit went down. <laughs> yeah, well, not like I did anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I stayed at home and fucking watched the clock at fucking 12 o'clock. Hey, look, I did nothing all day. Yeah, so it was almost like you were preparing for this shit. <laughs> no, I just, I don't really celebrate my birthday. Good lord, what are you watching? Well, as I said... The uh, Storm Chasers, I watched uh, four seasons worth on Hulu, and I remember watching that show, like, random times when it was on uh, Discovery Channel. It's, it's still a pretty interesting show, you know, if people have, you know, Hulu, and I think it's on the, the live TV sec- section you have to have in order to watch it, but uh, if you can, check it out. Always fun times. Um... The biggest problem with me is, like, I don't sit down to watch too much stuff. But uh, while I was writing, writing a screenplay, which I uh, I revealed the title on Twitter uh, last night. I uh, don't know if anybody picked up on that, but uh, I've been watching uh, Psych while I was writing. So, like, every every night while I write, like, two, three hours, it's been uh, Psych. And <laughs> as Sean would say, it's the Sean and Gus show. Other than that, I just I've been playing a lot of like uh, you know video games when I got downtime, mostly because you know my guitar is not here yet. It's not gonna be here till fucking like Monday or something. I don't have much to do. Yeah, I've just been playing like basketball. You know, getting back into like uh you know the zombies stuff. Uh, you know, multiplayer shooter games, those kinds of things. And that's pretty much about it. Okay, well, laundry list still continues for me. 
Well, first of all, started off, you know, watching a few franchises, you know, getting through those. The first one I decided to watch was the Final Destination franchise, as I haven't watched most of those in a while. Man, that series is pretty good, even though, like, quality-wise, it kind of went downhill just a bit, but then brought it all back up with Part 5, and like, oh shit, yeah, mostly because of the twists in that one. I mean, I love those, and God, I hope they do continue it somehow. I mean, they're supposed to, so we'll see how that goes. I got the Wreck box set from Scream Factory recently. You don't know, that's a Spanish horror movie series about somebody who goes into an abandoned, well, not abandoned, like a uh, apartment building. Of course, it gets quarantined because there's some sickness going on. And of course, it's all found footage, you know, hence the name Wreck. Although the third movie in the fourth movie kind of dropped that, which, you know, a lot of people complain about, but I don't mind. I mean, you know, it's good to, like, do something just a little different when you're doing sequels. I know a lot of people, like, I've been seeing, like, they compare it to, uh, I think it's Quarantine. I think that's what it's called. Well, Quarantine is actually a remake of Rick. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There you go. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, once I got done with all of those, I decided to speak enough to just watch Wreck. I mean, uh, Quarantine. And, man, forget how big of a cast is in that movie. I mean, Jennifer Carpenter, she's the main chick. And then, well... Dexter's sister. Yeah. Jay Hernandez. And even get Jake's mom from Two and a Half Men. Really? And, yeah, he's in that movie. Surprising. I don't remember. I only watched that movie once, and it was, like, during summer school. <laughs> I refused to do anything, so I just hopped on the computer and, like, fucking turned it on. I was just like, yep, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> and then, well, there's a sequel to Quarantine, Quarantine 2, Terminal, about some people who get trapped in a terminal just because of the sickness. Yeah, it was decent. And let's see. And then I decided, why the hell not? And decided to watch all the Spider-Man movies. Yes, I am talking Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and capped it all off with Into the Spider-Verse. I debated on watching, like, maybe, like, stuff like Civil War, <clears throat> Infinity War, and, uh, Endgame. But, yeah, I decided just to stick with the ones where Spider-Man was the main focus. Yeah, he... He's, he's not really the main focus of any of those. No. Oh, man. God damn, I have so much fun with all these movies. Yes, even Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, those movies definitely have their problems, mostly with the villains, but, hey, I still have a fun time watching them. And, oh, God damn, watching those movies makes me realize how much I really miss the movie theater experience, you know, because I saw all these movies on the big screen and just remember how much fun I had watching them, especially Far From Home, which I saw in the 4DX. God damn, really miss the 4DX. Mm. I, I don't even have one around here, so I can't even experience that. Yeah. Like, I think the closest one is in New York City, which is like 450 miles away. Oh, damn. So. Well, maybe after all this shit is over, maybe someday you'll get one a little closer. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think my best bet's to fucking sell a movie to Hollywood and just have it taking place out there. I guess so. That's probably going to be my only chance. I no way I'm going to New York City. Fuck that place. Okay. It's just like L.A. I, oh, I would never want to go to downtown L.A. All right, and a bunch of random watches. Don't let go. Uh, we came out last year about guy whose brother, sister-in-law, and niece get murdered, and then his niece starts calling him from the past, and so he has to figure out who murdered her. That's eh, decent. Uh, Six Underground. 
that Netflix Michael Bay movie is Ryan Reynolds came out recently. You know, I wanted to watch it mostly because, of course, of Ryan Reynolds. And yeah, you could definitely tell it's a Michael Bay flick. <laughs> explosions, explosions, explosions. Uh, yeah. Not just the explosion, but his, like, fucking, like, editing style, too. I mean, good Lord, somebody give Michael Bay some Adderall or something. Yeah, the weird sun shots and everything. Yeah, and, like, multiple cuts, too. I, you know, it's decent. And you're looking for a good action flick to watch. Yeah, I'd say I'd recommend it. Uh, Poseidon, the remake that came out, like, about a decade ago, at least. That's that's the one that's like a tsunami movie, right? Not really a tsunami. It's just, like, or, a ti- yeah. tidal wave knocks over yes. the boat. Isn't, like, Gerard Butler in it? Oh, no. Eh. It's got Kurt Russell, Josh that's Lucas. Weird. I knew it was a big name, I just couldn't remember. I ha- I have the DVD, I've just never watched it. It's a remake of a flick that came out in the 70s. It, you know, it's a decent disaster flick. Uh, High School High, I watched that, but that movie is on the list, so I won't say anything just yet. Yeah, I watched this movie called Captive State, alien invasion flick, and got a good cast. Uh, John Goodman, uh, James Ransom, I think, the guy who played... Tepsy so-and-so and adult Eddie. But good lord, was this movie fucking boring. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that one just came out, like, last year or something, right? Yeah. This kind of came and went, and, you know, I had it on my drive, and I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Why hell not watch this one? And, oh, fuck, was this movie so boring. I I had thought about giving it a chance, but I, I don't know now. Yeah, and such a waste of a good cast, too, like... John Goodman, like I said, he's in it, but I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be a good or bad guy. I mean, maybe he's a good guy who has to do tough choices or whatnot, but I don't know. I couldn't tell. Let me tell you how boring this movie was. Right in the middle, they decided that cleaning my refrigerator was a lot more exciting than watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Household chores are more fun than this movie. (laughs) I mean, granted, my fridge really, really fucking needed it, but uh, still. Uh, Gemini Man with Will Smith, old Will Smith versus young Will Smith. Decent. Blades, this random uh, uh, trauma movie. It's just basically kind of a parody of Jaws, except it takes place on a golf course, and instead of a shark, it's a rogue lawnmower it's a good time it's a good mindless time watch pan that uh peter pan uh origin story movie that came out a few years ago and man this fucking movie i mean okay i've never been like a huge huge peter pan fan i mean you know i watched a disney movie when i was young of course i watched hook with robin williams a lot when i was younger but you know i mean Nothing has tells me, like, oh my god, I have to go see the latest Peter Pan movie. And, my god, there was, like, so much wrong with this movie. Like, of course, we meet Captain Hook before he became Captain Hook. And he's actually befriending young Peter, trying to get him away from Blackbeard, who's played by Hugh Jackman in this movie. And it's just like, yeah, what's the point of all this? I mean, we all know that he's going to turn evil someday. And, well, I was hoping we would get to see the origin of uh, Captain Hook him turn evil but no we don't get that except it all ends with you know them on a ship and peter's asking him hook we'll always be friends right yeah sure what's the worst that could happen yep that's all we get and man the weirdest fucking thing in this movie you know, we meet the pirates the first time and this movie takes place in 1940 i should add so when we first meet the pirates they're all thinking nirvana smells like teen spirit yeah 
It's like, oh, why? Yeah, that song's not going to come out for, what, another 50 years? <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't get the point of it. I mean, it's not like, I mean, good lord... He-Man singing that song, except replacing a few words with burritos makes a lot more sense. Well, at least I know I'm never going to watch this movie. Yeah, in case you're wondering about that He-Man comment. Uh, well, let's just say that was something I thought of when very fucking high. Okay, then. Uh, a hundred feet. The horror movie came out about a decade ago with Famke Jensen, where she murders her husband in self-defense, but, you know, her husband was a cop, so she is arrested and put on house arrest, and, of course, the ghost of her abusive husband is still haunting this house. As it does. Pretty decent flick. Underwater, that movie came out just a few months ago with Kristen Stewart, which... It's basically like Leviathan and Deep Star Six, you know, underwater people being attacked by monsters. Is yeah. that Cthulhu in the movie? I I guess it's Cthulhu. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it wasn't paying too much attention watching this one. Another boring one? Yeah. Rewatch Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Watch Barbed Wire, a 90s flick with Pamela Anderson. And first time watching this movie, but I remember I did have a poster of this movie growing up. Story-wise, decent, but oh boy. See a lot of uh, Pam Anderson titties in this one. (laughs) Is that the only redeeming factor? Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, well, after years, I finally watched a Total Recall remake. Uh, well, let me just read my, uh, letterbox review of this movie. Take everything that made the original great and take it out to make a boring action flick. Okay, the three-boob chick is still in it, but not enough to save it. Yeah, like I said, it has some much stuff almost like uh was kind of following the same points but except in this movie they don't go to fucking mars where the hell do they go you see like the whole rich and elite people are living in britain and you know the poor oppressed people are in australia which they call the colony in this movie and uh, there's a thing called the fall which basically you go through the earth's core to get all the way to england yeah if that makes sense <laughs> um i'll stick with the original yeah, you might as well. And uh, Mother Zet also watched some f- more Family Guy, and then I also decided to go back to Metalocalypse, because I haven't binge-watched that show in a long time. And, yeah, you know, if you couldn't tell from me having pickles in my guide picture, Scott, the blisters won't see that, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> They're never going to see this. Yeah, I mean, I... I remember I used to watch the shit out of the first two seasons. Then get around to watching the last few seasons around too much, but I'm glad I did. And maybe another binge watch of this show should be in the future for me. I mean, even though, like, the first two seasons I pretty much have down by almost memory just because I watched them so much. And, uh, yep, that's, uh, again, my laundry list of what I've been watching. At least it filled up a good chunk of time. Goddamn. <laughs> probably, right? Probably 20 minutes on your movies alone. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, time to get to the movies, and chronologically, you are first. Chronologically, I'm first, but I think we should start with yours first. Oh, okay. And uh, the only reason I'm saying that is because if we're going to continue, it would be kind of weird to do one movie in between. I guess you're right. So. Okay. <laughs> we're going to start with you. All right, then. 
Well, put in some kung fu music right here, and then if you hear a trailer, we'll be back with Beverly Hills Ninja. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with I must go to the hills of Beverly, find Sally Jones and save her. Bye, everyone! They're going with him. No, please. Anything but that. <laughs> oh! He must return to the land of his birth. What are you doing here? 
I have come many miles and now travel disguised as a pimp to help you. And use the ancient teachings of the ninja. You're a ninja? You know, I took a few karate lessons myself. I mean, I'm not as advanced as you. I'm what you might call a tangerine belt. To seek out the truth. I am preparing one of our greatest ninja tools, the laughing mushroom. Stanley is a killer! Wow. He killed her sister! <laughs> and prove to the world. I am one with the universe. I am one with the universe. No, I am not! That he is the great white ninja. My identity must remain secret. I cannot reveal it to you. Why not? Because I would then have to kill you. TriStar Pictures presents a film that puts the mortal back in combat. Chris Farley. I am a trained master in each of the weapons of battle. Man, that was dope! Beverly Hills Ninja. What a fool I was. And we are back, so we were started all this off with Beverly Hills Ninja from 1997, January 17th, 97 to be exact. A 5.6 on the IMDb director is Dennis Dugan, who, of course, directed a bunch of, like, the comedies we all know and love. I mean, some of them, like Happy Gilmore. Yeah, he, uh, his name definitely sounded familiar. Happy Gilmore, you know, a lot of the Adam Sandler type movies. And, of course, like we mentioned, starring Chris Farley. And uh, I think well, it was probably his, according to his IMDb, his third to last role. Because yeah, this, uh, this comes out his years that he passed away, unfortunately. Don't have just one, but two people from Mortal Kombat in this movie. Robin Shaw, who played uh, Liu Kang. And Keith Cook, who played Reptile in the first movie and then... Went on to play Sub Zero in the next movie. I've, I've never been a Mortal Kombat fan. I just yeah. I don't I don't like that kind of you know style of game. I fucking love Mortal Kombat, man. It it could be so much better. Yeah, okay. I just I, I don't like you know the the two characters staring at each other with a fucking background there. Like I just I don't like that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, same reason have... I stopped playing Tekken. We also got Chris Rock in this movie, and I was almost going to say, it's like, you know what, I almost don't think we do a lot of Chris Rock movies either. Then I look through, well, his filmography, I'm like, oh yeah, we did do The Longest Yard. So, there's that. Yes. That, that was a commentary, though, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I feel like that movie didn't uh, didn't get its rightful place on the show. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, we also, uh, the main chick from the movie, Nicolette uh, Sheridan. I almost thought I knew who she was, but uh, I guess I am confusing her with uh, uh, Bridget Wilson, who played Sonya in Mortal Kombat, of course, and, of course, Billy Madison's love interest. I, I don't know why I get these two confused. I don't know either. I mean, they're two hot blondes. They've got that. <laughs> <laughs> Way to typecast them, Jake. <laughs> okay, so this movie starts out, we get narration talking about how there's a legend of a great white ninja 
And one day, well, there's a uh, a boat wreck and a abandoned chest comes across the shore to the beach of these ninjas. Inside is a white baby. So they believe this to be the white ninja everybody is talking about. So they named the baby Haru. And uh, as the baby grows up, they come to find out, uh, maybe this isn't the legend we were thinking about because... <laughs> it's Chris Harley. <laughs> yeah, Haru ends up uh, being an overweight kid. And not only that, but very, very fucking clumsy. <laughs> Yeah, so, so much for that nature versus nurture theory, <laughs> of course. Yeah, you would think being being raised by ninjas, you know, he, he'd be good at all this stuff, but no. <laughs> nope, no. not at all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we get to see all of his failures, like, you know, during the hell saying with the sticks, he keeps hitting his brother goodbye, played by, of course, Liu Kang. And, you know, they try the thing. Or Sensei walks past some bushes and, you know, people pop out. And, uh, well, you know, him being a big old overweight guy, he totally failed at that. One of my favorite ones is, like, uh, they pick up this big old pot of water, which also brands them. And so he tries picking up, but of course it's too hot, and he freaks out and spills it all over. (laughs) They also do this thing with astral projection where they try to go to a little, like, a peaceful place. But, you know, while everybody is standing still in their peaceful place, Haru just keeps on floating and flying around. It comes today where they, everybody's, like, uh, graduating as ninjas. But of course, Haru doesn't get it. And so while the clan is going out on a mission, well, he has to stay behind and watch the place and you know he disguised himself as a ninja and starts fucking around he even does a little taxi driver except he says are you communicating with me around this time this uh hot blonde chick comes along calls herself sally jones and you know she's asking are you a ninja but you're white he's like well there's a legend of a great white ninja he's tried to show it at on the scroll like, pulling it out, and he accidentally sets the thing on fire. Not only that, but, you know, he ends up, like, pretty much wrecking the whole place, trying to tell her about everything, even some ashes of some other ninjas. Sally's coming around because, you know, she's suspecting her boyfriend, Martin, of some, uh, shady shit, so she wants him to use his ninja skills to spy on him. Though he does so, he, like, investigates, and he's like... Laying against the door, and well, the back of his shirt gets caught on it as it opening. I guess <laughs> he comes back out. He's just—he's got a smug face. He's just like, <laughs> it turns out that uh, Martin and his bodyguard are involved with some money counterfeiting. And while they're over there talking some business with this guy, they end up shooting him, and guy ends up falling right into Haru's raft. And <laughs> uh, well, the police come along when he's uh, still rowing with that body in his raft. So, not a very good look for Haru. He goes back and, you know, Sensei is shooing him out for this mission and, you know, getting framed for murder. And he ends up telling him, you know, this chick Sally, that's not her real name. And he's like, oh, she must have used a fake name. He tells the Sensei that he has to go to Beverly Hills to find her. And warn her of her boyfriend's actions. But of course, Sensei doesn't trust him completely, so he sends Goodbye after him. And, uh, you yeah, know, what follows is a bunch of good old, uh, Goodbye hiding gags. I think it's, uh, it's kind of funny that, uh, we don't actually see him getting, you know, 
chewed out for destroying all that shit. Oh yeah. That's a that's a good point too. He said he's gonna kill me and then we never saw anything about it. <laughs> Plot hole. <laughs> they must have just been okay with them destroying stuff. <laughs> They're probably thinking, oh, what were we thinking? Leaving them behind with all this shit. <laughs> he goes through the airport and he's uh, kind of scared by the metal detector that he attacks it. But of course, they tell him to uh, take out everything. And <laughs> in the middle of this airport, he takes out all of his weapons. And need I remind you that this movie was pre 9 11? <laughs> And then they just let him get on, on board the plane with all this stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, like I <laughs> said. Well, like I said, man, pre-9-11. I, I still don't think he can break swords and fucking shurikens and nunchucks and all that stuff on board. Maybe not. Even back then. <laughs> and on the plane, he's right next to this kid, and he's, like, telling him about his mission. Well, he's telling him that, yo, I can't really tell you everything, because then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> And the dad, well, the kid runs over to his dad. He's like, that guy told me he was going to kill me. And the dad ends up kicking his ass. <laughs> yeah, the first thing we see of goodbye is like people are claiming their luggage. Well, he just happens to pop out of the one person's luggage. <laughs> we got Haru over in Beverly Hills and he stops at a hotel because he's just so used to a way they do it over in Asia. He takes off his sandals before entering, and that becomes a running gag in this movie. Him <laughs> taking off all of his shoes before entering, and oh, this janitor comes along and just takes them away. <laughs> Even a little later, he's just like, who keeps taking my shoes? I was going to say that, but I didn't want to ruin it. Even though the movie came out in 97. Yeah, <laughs> like, where does he keep getting all these shoes <laughs> when you think about it? <laughs> Apparently, he has to keep buying them. Yeah, well, he first meets uh, Joey there, who's a, a bellhop, played by Chris Rock, and he befriends him, and Joey tells him he's a ninja, so starts telling him all the rules of being a ninja. You're like, a ninja? No way! <laughs> like, tell him the rules, like, uh, always watch your back, and your enemy's back has easily become their front. He's like, the best way to take off a man's head is just to rip it off. It's best to practice on a chicken. And so the rest of the movie we see Joey chasing around a chicken. <laughs> so Haru stops at a clothing store and gets some uh, new uh, clothes to blend in. And it's just like, wow, <laughs> like some leopard print jacket or something like that. Even Joey tells him he looks like a pimp. Well, hey, man, you, you call me out for stereotyping like a hot blonde woman. Well, Haru starts looking for Sally, just basically stopping by every hot blonde woman in Beverly Hills. Sally? Are you Sally? Sally? Well, he ends up eventually actually fucking the real one. With a little help from Goodbye, who ends up throwing the throwing star into her tire when she's driving by. Dude, the fuck? Alright, seriously, guys? I mean, really? The fuck, dude? The fuck? Okay, everywhere it was, eh? Alright, so... Haru ends up following Martin and Nobu into a strip club. Of course, this is a PG-13 movie, so we don't really get to see much at the strip club. That's okay. We'll make up for it in my movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> 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 well, Haru ends up getting distracted when he ends up on stage <laughs> at this club, and you know, uh, the audience and the dancers seem kind of cool letting this... Uh, you know, overweight man dance around on stage. I mean, nobody's 
yelling at him for get out there, just kind of cheering for him. And of course, it all changes when he ends up uh, crashing into a table and they throw him out. And a whole while while he was on there, Martin and Nobu were meeting with somebody. And, well, the guy gets distracted the noises of Haru getting thrown out and they end up killing him. And throwing him over the building, laddie right in front of Haru, and of course, framing him for murder once again. <laughs> he goes over to Sensei for a little guidance, and, you know, he, <laughs> Sensei, uh, the whole time he's like saying, I just can't seem to find where they are. And Sensei's like, uh, Have you tried a phone book? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so he ends up finding the residence of Barton, and he goes there, and, well, Sally is just arriving. And, of course, on her license plate is her real name, Allison Page. And it's like, ooh, little narcissistic getting your whole name on your uh, license plate, don't you think? <laughs> and, well, of course, Naru's still not picking up on it. She's like, oh, she's telling everybody else her fake name. Well, of course, then he... Figures out when he looks at a car, he's finding, like, birthday cards, and she's like, hey, how could you do this to me? Well, he decides he's going to get past this dog using a blow dart gun, but he accidentally shoots up in the air and gets a bird. But, of course, the bird falls right in front of the dog and starts shooting on it. So he thinks he's got the dog fooled, and, well, he decides to brag to the dog a bit. Not a very good move, because then it ends up chasing him. But goodbye ends up saving his ass by, like, setting up a trap, which, you know, pulls the dog up into a little gurney thing. And so he meets up with uh, Allison, who we now know her as. And it turns out that, you know, she's used this fake name just because, well, she really doesn't really want to be dating Martin. Turns out her sister dated him and ends up killing her. So she wants to find something to put his ass away. Around his time, Martin ends up coming home, so... She has to hide Haru, <laughs> and he's, like, trying to, like, pull up on his rope, but turns out the rope is what pulls up the dog on the gurney, and he freaks out and drops the dog, and now <laughs> he has to face his ultimate test now, John Wick. <laughs> 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 well, after a while, after getting Martin out of there, Allison meets up with Haru again, and he knows exactly where he's going because he grabbed his address book. So that night, Martin and Abu are at a Asian restaurant. Those kinds where, you know, you got the chefs grilling stuff right in front of you, doing all those fancy moves. Haru ends up disguising himself as a chef right here, and, well, fancy moves he does not have. Not one bit. The first thing he does, he, like, bows and gets his head right on the grill. And he's just trying to flip some shrimp and ends up getting to the chick's cleavage. And of course, we end up finding that not only are Martin and Naboo at this table, but a few ladies, including one lady who's looking strangely familiar. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> These assassins come in, and, well, Allison comes in and warns Haru about and He's just, like, so thrown off that he accidentally throws a knife at you. This one assassin's chest. Oh, big old brawl breaks out in here. Oh, of course, we find out that the lady is actually goodbye in disguise. <laughs> ends up kicking the ass, and Haru and Allison end up getting away. He takes her back to his hotel room for her to get, have a safe place. And, well, they're changing for the night, and 
we see silhouette of her changing, and it's just like, oh, sexy. And of course, then afterwards we see a silhouette of Haru changing, and not so sexy. Hmm. <laughs> oh, next morning they go up to meet with this guy, Chet Walters, played by Will Sasso. And you know, for some reason, I used to think Will Sasso was on a uh, Mad TV. I guess not. I, I I I guess I always confused him with Artie Lang, which I don't know why. Because you know, besides those two being fat, uh, those guys don't really resemble each other at all. <laughs> I don't know. Just a little anecdote. And, uh, well, of course, they're going to him because they find out he's working with uh, Martin. So <laughs> Allison's distracting him acting all sexily in her nice little mini skirt. She's got legs and knows how to use them. Haru's trying his best to knock him out and failing, and well, with one punch from Allison, he does end up getting knocked out. Haru ends up making a concoction of the thing called Laughing Mushroom, kind of a way to, like, get him high a bit, just so he'll reveal the truth. But when he's trying to blow him onto him, he ends up sneezing and Get it on all of them, so... Next, all we see is all three of them just laughing their asses <laughs> off. <laughs> and, of course, yeah, Chet ends up spilling the beans about what he's doing. And uh, around this time, Martin comes along, and he got Haru disguised as Chet. And, you know, just with the mustache and just trying to see all these lame-ass jokes. And, uh, so funny. So they end up blindfolding him taking him to her secret warehouse. And at the warehouse, Haru ends up getting a drink of water from a fountain and accidentally takes his mustache off. (laughs) (laughs) This is so dumb. (laughs) Well, goodbye, Jesus, and well, he ends up slingshotting it right back onto him. (laughs) I think he's just, it's like a fucking smack in the face. (laughs) (laughs) I think some just bit me. (laughs) <laughs> well, after a while, the jig is up, and uh, Hill, it's obvious that he doesn't know what he's doing with the money counterfeiting, and, well, a few, like, plates of this counterfeit money ends up falling out of his jacket, so his jig is up. They end up capturing him, but on their way to another, like, meeting that night, well, Allison ends up saving him while she, <laughs> he's going to kick their asses, uh, a door opens and knocks him out. And then the bad guys spot Allison and kidnap her. And just after the bad guys leave, the cops are coming up. And did you recognize these cops? Mm, no. These two cops are actually Chris Farley's real-life brothers. Okay. Yeah, I recognize one of them. Once again, Goodbye comes to save his ass once again, creating a smoke bomb. Ends up switching places with Haru and... Gets himself arrested. Oh, we get more of the astro projection. It's goodbye meeting up with Sensi. It was just talking about how much of an idiot he is, but he was actually coming, so he has to hide. He ends up like getting a little pep talk from him, and Sensi says, You must go out and be the ninja you want to be. He's like, Oh my god, you called me a ninja! Yes, I guess I did! <laughs> <laughs> Ends up, like, flying back into his room. Well, more like falling back into his room. That's where the ninja outfit is waiting for him. So he puts it on, gets the help of Joey. He has to kind of recreate the path they were taking 
to the warehouse from the bank place where he has Joey driving and puts the blindfold around him. And, uh, of course, it's obvious he has no idea what they're doing. Well, none of them have any idea what they're doing. End up on a horse racetrack, end up going through a car wash. A car wash <laughs> in a convertible, I might add. <laughs> I know he's just criticizing him the entire time. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> Decide to start back from where they started, but once Haru blindfolds himself, goodbye comes out and knocks Joey out, and he decides he's going to do the driving since he knows what he's doing. Well, it's all back at the warehouse, and Martin has Allison tied up and a bomb you know, set up. You know, I do have to point something out. What's that? Where did they learn to drive? It's like Michael Myers. They had no cars. So how did they know how to drive? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's just like Michael Myers. <laughs> We're probably best not thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and so they arrive at the warehouse. Goodbye hides himself. While Haru decides... He had to get into the warehouse, and he does so by climbing up a palm tree and practically catapulting himself into it. Well, he ends up getting in a fight with a few assassins, and Goodbye finally reveals himself. So they end up fighting all of these ninjas off, and uh, he Aru ends up going to save Allison. But uh, attempting to defuse a bomb, he accidentally takes off five minutes. He <laughs> <laughs> has some more pressing matters because... Goodbye's getting his ass kicked, so he has to go save him. He's like, hey, I may not be a good ninja, but leave my brother alone! And then they end up fighting them off, and then, well, ends up being with uh, Naboo and one other assassin. And, uh, well, they try to kick them, jump kick them, they dodge, and Naboo and the assassin end up scissoring. At least it looks like they're scissoring. <laughs> Nothing? Nothing on the scissoring? No, I'd rather not go there. Okay. <laughs> and so, it all comes down to Martin now, and <laughs> Kabai's about to kick his ass. Uh, Haru ends up trying to drop a, a what they call it, a sheave. Yeah, one of those little hook things they use at the warehouses. <laughs> trying to drop it on Martin, but accidentally drops it on Goodbye. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand how he goes like out of his way to freaking just hit his brother. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, poor Kabai. He ends up getting his ass kicked so much in this movie. <laughs> it's a fucking ninja. He can't even protect himself against his brother. <laughs> Martin versus Haru now, and well, Martin fine. I mean, <clears throat> Haru ends up finally getting the hang of the ninja stuff. And he ends up, like, really kicking his ass. Well, I forgot to mention when he saw Goodbye getting his ass kicked. Well, we saw him, like, backflipping down. Although, if you look real closely, like, yeah, well, Haru ends up losing 100 pounds when he's jumping down like that. <laughs> Hint, stunt double. Well, he ends up kicking his ass, and then he goes to save Allison from the bomb while Martin's driving off. Well, he ends up harpooning back of his truck and ends up getting the bomb attached to it so out of the warehouse and onto his truck and ends up exploding. Of course, doesn't kill Martin. Gets him out of the truck and all him and all of his men are arrested. 
we see a news reporter talk about how ninjas saved a day, and she says she has one of these ninjas to talk about. Ends up being Joey, who I forgot to mention, like, kind of saved Haru and Gabai a little earlier, trying to do the catapulting through the palm tree stuff, but ends up falling on one of the ninjas. So, anyway, he saved their asses. He's like, have you ever heard of the Black Ninja? Well, now it's back in Japan. Haru is being uh, praised as a hero. He says he has to return to Beverly Hills now. And, you know, all the while we see goodbye. He's on a wheelchair now. And they're all saying goodbye to him as he gets on a bus. But <laughs> there's a uh, grappling hook attached to this bus and somehow ends up getting attached to goodbye's wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, ends up dragging him along and ends up flinging him off of a cliff. And that's how this movie ends. So, Scott, what do you think of Beverly Hills Ninja? Well, as I uh, I told you earlier, I, I never really gave this movie a fair shot. Mostly because, you know, the first time I watched this thing, I was 13, 14 years old. And uh, back then, you know, movies and stuff, you know, really didn't matter to me. It was uh, definitely nice coming back to it after all these years. I uh, <laughs> I have to say, it's uh, it's definitely got some really funny moments, but uh, other times it's it it did have its downtime. I'm gonna say it. I know it's probably not a a fun little thing to say, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I just I give it a pretty good. Uh, it's got like i said good moments but i i don't know i mean it's, it's too clumsy yeah well from even the way for you, chris farley the way you were talking about it uh a pretty good wasn't what i was expecting honestly but boy what did you think i was gonna give it a best well no i mean the way you're talking about it uh, no, like, no, well, i mean i i enjoyed it i did okay. I, if you, you know if you enjoy chris farley movies go go watch it but i mean it's it's not the best Dennis Duggan movie out there. Yeah. That's that's my thing. Okay. I mean, I I know, it, it, it was kind of hard to figure out what to say about this just because, you know, it's it feels like a first time watch. So it's it's not, you know, easy to point out all of its flaws and like I've been watching it like all these years. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I mean, I think this might be like I don't know, the third, fourth time I watched it all together. I mean, obviously, when I want to watch a Chris Farley movie, I'm going to go towards Tommy Boy or Black Sheep, at least. Yeah. But it's still got its funny-ass moments. I mean, you got Chris Farley trying to act as a ninja. That should uh, pique your interest right there just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... I don't know, but... When I was watching it last night, just for the notes, I am still laughing my ass off at some parts, like how poor Kabai just is just getting his ass kicked, just trying to protect his brother. <laughs> Pretty much getting his ass kicked by his brother, <laughs> no less. That's just all this funny thing. So I think a pretty good one I'm going to give it to. Like I said, Tommy Boy is my go-to Chris Farley movie, but I can see myself watching this again sometime. Yeah, it's it's definitely something you can go back to. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I said all I can say about it, so... Yeah. Um, all right, well, now it's time to begin our little 
trilogy. Mm, quite a interesting way to start off a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, we're going to be doing uh, Beverly Hills Cap. Uh, we're going to put it in a song and we'll be, we'll be back. Picnicking. This is like a picnic area. 
Talking Beverly Hills Cop. Came out in 1984. That's about all I know about it. December 5th, 1984. And oh, so it, yeah. Pretty much a 1985 movie. Just a little thing I know. It's like, I was looking this up and looking up the cast on IMDb while watching it. And like, you know, of course, this is a John Reinhold starring movie. And so was Gremlins, which came out the same year. You know, the strange thing about it is. Gremlins came out during the summer and, of course, had the Christmas theme to it. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop came out in December of 84. And I don't know, this seems more like a summer blockbuster type movie. I was like, yeah, maybe Gremlins and Beverly Hills Cop should have switched uh, release times. I don't know. They're not uh, They're not owned by the same company, right? Uh, this movie is done by Paramount. I don't know. There's no switching, switching dates with two different companies. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. All right, well, uh, who, who do we got for cast? Well, as we keep mentioning, first Eddie Murphy movie we've done on the show. And also, like I've mentioned, Judge Reinhold. Uh, it's got Ronnie Cox in it. Ronnie Cox, who, of course, we've seen in Total Recall and Deliverance, which he done on the show, and also... A main villain in RoboCop. Well, one of the main villains in RoboCop. And uh, let's see who else we got. Uh, Jonathan Banks. You know, you might know him from Frankie Bad and Barry Call Saul these days. And a bunch of other names like Bronson Pitch, Pinchot. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Who I best know as Balky from Perfect Strangers. And uh, a, little, a little role he has in this movie. But Paul Reiser is also in this movie. Who we know as the asshole from Aliens. Did you? Uh, one thing I want to point out. Did you? Did you notice the DeLorean in this movie? I 
I did not, honestly. The, huh. there's, as they're leaving to follow the uh, villain, like as as they're leaving and everybody's you know, driving down that street, it's right on the left-hand side of the screen. Mm, this came it, was, it was a really quick shot. And this came out before Back to the Future. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that a DeLorean? <laughs> I wonder if Jake saw it. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, have to watch out for that next time. <laughs> Fun little facts. All right, well, uh, the movie starts out, and we meet Axel Foley. He is a reckless yet uh, good-natured young Detroit police detective. Um, he is... Uh, his unauthorized uh, cigarette smuggling sting operation goes sour when two uniformed officers intervene, resulting in a high-speed chase through the city where several vehicles, including police cars, are damaged. This earns him the anger of his boss, Inspector Douglas Todd, who threatens uh, to fire him if such incidents continue. And of course, 80s cop movie, we need the angry chief. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Foley, he goes home and arrives at his uh, apartment to find it's been broken into by his childhood friend, Mikey. Uh, Mikey did time in prison, but ended up working as a security guard in Beverly Hills, thanks to a mutual friend, Jenny Summers. Uh, Mikey shows Foley some German bearer bonds and uh, Foley wonders how he got them but uh, chooses not to question him about it. Uh, after going out to a bar, screwing around, and having some fun, they return to Foley's apartment, where two men knock Foley unconscious and then confront Mikey about the bonds. Uh, Mikey uh, took the bonds from his boss, Victor Maitland, a Beverly Hills art dealer who also happens to be a smuggler of illicit goods such as bearer bonds and illegal drugs. Uh, after beating Mikey up, they shoot him in the head. And of course. Of course. Again, 80s, so lots and lots of cocaine. Of course. <laughs> cocaine, uh, hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> Foley wants to go to uh, Beverly Hills to investigate Mikey's murder, but Inspector Todd refuses to allow it because of his close ties to Mikey. Foley uses, uh, you know, vacation time to, uh, Take a break from work and head out to Beverly Hills anyways. Uh, he goes to uh, this art gallery where Jenny is working. And uh, he ends up telling her about Mikey. And he ends up trying to learn about Mikey-sized Maitland. Well, he doesn't get much out of her. Uh, so he uh, gets some flowers and poses as a flower delivery driver. And he goes to Maitland's office and tries to, you know, question him about Mikey. But as soon as they say his name, he is thrown out a window by Maitland's bodyguard and arrested. You, <laughs> you arrested arrest me being thrown out a window? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? Because it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Of course, almost the guy suspect or some. Probably some racial tension there, too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like, you probably skipped over it, but, you know, he's arriving at the hotel, and he's just like, oh, you got no room for me? I was going to call us Michael Jackson on top of the world, but Michael Jackson better be on top of the world. They go give a room to a ninja. 
quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not black. We don't get we don't get to say that. We don't have a black guy on the show either. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> not even an Irish white man pretended to be black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days. Well, at the police station, he meets uh, Beverly Hills police officers Sergeant John Taggart and Detective Billy Rosewood and Lieutenant Andrew Bogomil. Bogomil assigns Rosewood and Taggart to follow Foley after a series of encounters, including the trio's uh, foiling of a robbery in a striptease bar. Uh, The three develop a mutual respect for one another. Pass over a bunch of stuff because... Not really vital to the story. Oh, you gotta gotta talk about Banana in the Tailpipe. That's a classic part of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, let us go ahead and do that. Well, while they're staking him out, like, Axel decides to uh, mess with him a bit, so he orders the people at the restaurant at the hotel to give them some food, and while they're distracted, he grabs the banana from, well, he grabs a banana from a very young Damon Wayans, I might want to add. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is that? Is that who I think it is? And look it up, and yeah, sure enough, it was Damon Wayans. He ends up uh, grabbing this banana, and while they're distracted, putting it right into Billy's tailpipe. So when he, they're trying to go after him, uh, his car ends up stalling. Stalling in a busy street in California. <laughs> that can't be good, man. Yeah, speaking of looking through the IMDb list, just because I have no life. You know, I was looking up, you know, a bunch of other people as they come along in a movie, if, especially if they look familiar to me. And the chick who was the hotel clerk, you know, he ends up going off on. I ended up finding out that she was Pam from Night of the Creeps, T.A.'s old girlfriend who ends up getting hacked up by that maniac back in the 50s. Really? Yeah. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. She must have had a fun career working with Eddie Murphy, some motherfucking TA. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, she's not working nowadays. Her last credit is '88, two years after Night of the Creeps. Well, on the trail of uh, Mikey's killers, Foley sneaks into uh, one of Maitland's warehouses where he finds coffee grounds, supposedly used to pack drugs. He also uh, discovers that many of Maitland's crates have not gone through customs. After uh, Foley is arrested again, this time after a scuffle at Maitland's country club, Bogomil demands to know why Foley is bothering Maitland. Yeah, wasn't that at that country club? He's trying to get to that to his table, pretend to be a gay man or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell him, tell him, like the maitre d' that you know, I just I got checked out and I have this completely made up disease. No big deal. <laughs> Uh, it's best you tell him yourself, sir. <laughs> I think that would be best. <laughs> well, Foley finally admits that he suspects Maitland to be a smuggler, but is unsure of what exactly he is smuggling. Uh, Bogomo seems to believe Foley's story, but cannot authorize a search because of a lack of hard evidence. Uh, at this moment, Police Chief Hubbard, who had learned of Foley's ill-advised investigative actions... Orders that Foley be escorted out of town. However, Foley convinces Rosewood to pick up Jenny instead and take her with them to Maitland's warehouse, where a shipment is due to arrive that day. Uh, 
Foley and Jenny break into the warehouse and discover several bags of cocaine inside a crate. Uh, Foley tells Jenny to get Rosewood, but Maitland and his associates arrive, and uh, Maitland takes Jenny and leaves Foley to be killed. After some hesitation, Rosewood enters the warehouse and rescues Foley. Uh, Taggart begins to track Foley and Rosewood to Maitland's estate, where he joins them in their efforts to rescue Jenny and bring Maitland to justice. I just love the whole uh, antics of uh, of Billy and Taggart trying to get over the fence, <laughs> of the wall, I mean. <laughs> when uh, Bogomil hears uh, reports of shots fired at Maitland's residence, he calls for backup at the location and heads out to join the others. After a firefight that kills most of Maitland's men, Foley ends up killing Maitland's right-hand man, Zach, who had killed Mikey. Well, uh... Maitland shoots and injures Foley, then uses Jenny as a shield. Bogomil's arrival distracts Maitland long enough to allow Jenny to break free, and Bogomil and Foley then shoot and kill Maitland. They, uh, they each shot him six times. Six times! I also love, <laughs> oh, one point of hard love when they're in the shootout, and Billy's like, Police, put your hands up! And he ends up shooting at him, and Tiger's like, Great going! Next time you do that, I'm going to shoot you. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, Billy's kind of new to this job. Well, Chief Hubbard arrives, and Bogomil fabricates a story that covers for Foley, Taggart, and Rosewood. When uh, Hubbard asks Taggart to confirm the story, Taggart backs up Bogomil, realizing that he will probably be out of a job in Detroit. Foley asks Bogomil to speak to Inspector Todd and smooth things over for him. Uh, Bogomil is reluctant, but uh, relents after Foley talks about staying in Beverly Hills. <laughs> uh, Taggart and Rosewood meet Foley as he checks out of his hotel and pays his bill. Uh, Foley invites them to join him for a farewell, uh, farewell drink, and they accept as we roll credits. Garthy has to stay in Beverly Hills. We got two more sequels. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Well, I'm ashamed to admit this was a first-time watch for me. Like, I'm not going to do what I did back with Back to the Future and be like, yeah, yeah, I've totally seen this movie before. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why it's taken me so long to see this movie, honestly. I mean, you know, Eddie Murphy, when he was starting out, and actually Eddie Murphy as best, you know, I just realized, you know, early part of his career, he's doing a lot of R-rated comedies and it just seems like later on life he's just started doing a lot more uh pg-13 a lot more family friendly type stuff but man eddie murphy as earliest was just his best man <laughs> i mean you just see him like doing all his crazy antics being foul mouthed as always and uh you know just kind of a fish a water story detroit cop and beverly hills yeah that's definitely gotta be a bit of a culture shock right there so, since this is a first-time watch for me, I'm going to give it a pretty good, but yeah, I could definitely see myself watching it again, for sure. You know, this is definitely not the first time I've seen this. Uh, I've, I have seen it once or twice before, but, you know, it's it's still a fun movie. You know, it's, it's definitely young Eddie Murphy doing, you know, his thing before, you know, he went all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Nutty Professor and all that <laughs> stuff. Norbit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
you know, it's, it's got some good action scenes, a uh, pretty good story, and uh, for this one, I'm, I'm going to give it a pretty good as well. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot to talk about director, director Martin Brest, I think that's his name. It seems like this guy had a pretty good career this movie, and then he did uh, Scent of the Woman with uh, Pacino and Meet Joe Black with Brad Pitt. I was like, okay, he did some some good old crime comedy and some serious movies, and like, why is he? And then I saw his last credit on IMDb. It's giggly. I'm like, oh god, that says a lot right there. And in case you don't know, that's the movie that came out early part of 2000s with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, and it's said to be one of the worst movies ever made. In fact, I'm looking at 2.5 on IMDb. I'm like, wow, what a way to end your career, man. <laughs> you go from Beverly Hills Cop to Giggly. Wow. What a shame. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of directors are going to have some stinkers in their career. I mean, you know, Wes Craven went from Nightmare on Elm Street to My Soul to Take. Ugh, that was a shit-ass movie. Of course, he followed that movie up with Scream 4, so he redeemed himself a bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just gotta say, I can't wait to finish out this trilogy. It'll, although I will admit, I believe I have seen Beverly Hills Cop 3, at least. I mean, I at least remember the ending of it, so... Well, I don't, so it's gonna be fun to revisit them. Yes, yeah, kind of funny. <laughs> you guys, you know, speaking of Back to the Future... I know I had seen Back to the Future 3 before I watched the other two movies. I, I don't know how that happens, but <clears throat> it just does. All right, uh, getting a little off topic here. So let's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, do we have to do a closing segment? I mean, we already know what we're doing next time. We know what we're doing next time, but who's doing what is what we're going to have to figure out. I think we already can discuss you'd be doing two and I'll be doing three. All right. So, yeah. Beverly, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop 2 and 3, what you have to look forward to the next time around. So, if Hopefully you want to leave... the world will be in better shape next time, too. Yeah, won't hold your breath exactly for that. <laughs> won't hold your breath for that, or uh, if you're going to be holding your breath for that to happen, uh, yeah, you're probably going to die from a lack of breath. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> But yeah, if you have some thoughts on these, this whole trilogy, or Beverly Hills Ninja, send them at unholymofos at gmail.com. Or I'm at JakeTheSnake54 on Twitter. <sighs> I'm at brother underscore Scott one. <laughs> I, I, I warned you, man. I warned you. <laughs> so, yeah, until the rest of the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy, peace out. Later, fucker. Bring the game with the